Welcome to Behind the Warrior, a podcast presented by the EOD Warrior Foundation. This series will focus on resources, interviews, and topics impacting EOD warriors, their families, and the military community at large. Good afternoon, Mike. How are you? I am doing well, Sherry. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Um, I wanted to welcome, I well, I want to welcome our listeners to Behind the Warrior podcast. And today on our show, we have Lindsay Stacy. Lindsay is a mom. She's a spouse and caregiver to her husband, Kenton, who is a wounded EOD veteran. And we are super excited to talk to Lindsay today and, and learn about her journey. Lindsay, welcome. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, welcome, Lindsay. <laughs> All right. Well, Lindsay, as I said, welcome to Behind the Warrior podcast. And we are looking forward to listening to your story. And also understand that you have endured many challenges throughout the years and you still manage to keep moving forward. We have a lot to talk about, so I always like to start at the beginning. Can you just tell us uh, where you grew up and, and how you and Kenton met? Yes, um, we actually both grew up in um, Greenville, Ohio, and we actually um, we met up in like sixth grade and he was in my homeroom Um and he, he was always in my homeroom. My maiden name was Schistler, so, um, but we didn't start dating until high school. Um, but we were kind of familiar with each other. We didn't really hang out with the same people, but. Okay, well, cool. So it all started in sixth grade. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, but um, I sat beside him in study hall our freshman year and then that summer we dated, but we kind of dated on and off our whole sophomore year and dated other people. And then, um, like we're in a committed relationship, mm-hmm. like junior year on. Okay. And when did, when did you guys get married? We got married, um, March 20th, 2004. Oh, wow. And we graduated so- in 2002. Okay, awesome. So your anniversary is is approaching quickly. Yeah, 17 years. (laughs) Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we understand that Kenton um, was trained to be a fireman in your hometown, and later he spoke to a Navy recruiter and started his career in becoming an EOD technician. Um, After growing up in a small town, what was it like to be a spouse in the Navy, and maybe what were your aspirations as well? Um, yeah, um, I was, I was super excited. Um, I went to school, um, in Dayton, Ohio and did my college internship at Disney World. So that was kind of my first time away from home. So, and we were engaged when I was doing my internship and he was at the fire Academy in Reynoldsburg, which is outside Columbus, Ohio. And then we got married in March. So he was on two auxiliaries, one in Greenville and one in Union City. And he was looking for full-time work. And back then you still had to like look in the newspaper and there was a 1-800 number for firefighters that said nothing about the Navy, but um, (laughs) it ended up being the Navy. 
And originally, he just wanted to do four years to get, like, civil service points, and he was going to actually go back and um, try to get a full-time job. Mm -hmm. Um, But he, yeah, he fell in love with EOD, and he stuck with it. And I know he always said it was a way, the stability, that it was a way to provide for us also. Um, But, yeah, I think we were both excited for the adventure and we both grew up in a small town and yeah very thankful for everywhere we've gotten to live and experience and I know if he wouldn't have went in the Navy we wouldn't have had the life that we have been given sure yeah well I want to circle back to your internship at Disney World so um what was your aspiration I mean was it in um like uh, marketing was it in advertising Uh, no um i actually have my bachelor's in um, hospitality and tourism so travel um back then though they put you like wherever they needed you when you applied for the internship so it was actually merchandise but so it had nothing to do with my actual degree but um it definitely helped once like i was done with my internship like people saw that on my resume and I felt like it was actually very beneficial and helpful in me landing jobs. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. That's where I fell in love with Disney. It's just stuck ever since. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you talked about Disney. You went to Disney World or Disneyland? Disney World. And that's in Florida. And Disneyland is in California where you're at. Yeah. And is, is there a big difference between the two? Um, definitely. Disney World is way bigger, and um, I would say, I mean, all the main parks like Magic Kingdom and actually Disneyland, they're all pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Disneyland has a California Adventure, so there's different rides, and it's just different. But yeah, um, Disney World's just way bigger, and I'm more partial to that. But yeah, yeah, that that yeah. sounds like a lot of fun, and. Uh, so you had your degree in hospitality and Disney World. You did your internship, and then yes. Kenton went in the Navy, and of course you went with him. Um, yes. Were your family were they military? Was this all new to you going into the Navy? Yes, the very new for um, both families. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a couple cousins that were Marines, but like, and his grandfather's. Um, were in the army but yeah it was it was pretty new and pretty fresh for both sides of the family i would say yeah what what were those challenges like for you as a as a military spouse being in the military did you did you live on base a lot and you know how is that and and just getting used to the military life what was that like for you was that a good experience or how did that work out for you yeah i would say it was a good experience um I feel like being young at first, we didn't like really, you know, know about like BH and stuff. So I feel like um, when he was like at EOD school, we just lived on base because I feel like that's all we thought we could do. But um, like that was our first, um, I wouldn't say that's your duty station, right? Because you're at school. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, he was in Chicago. Went to A school there because back then they still had you do like your main job, which was hall tech for Kenton. And then if you would have failed EOD school, then you would have 
at Hall Tech, but he went straight from A school. Um, I moved down to Eglin while he was in Panama City. They allowed me to stay there. And um, then he came over to EOD school. But yeah, we lived on base at EOD school. Then we lived in base housing. Off base in San Diego was his first duty station. And he deployed to Iraq, and they were hurting for people in Virginia. So we decided um, he did a split tour. And in Virginia is actually the only place we never lived on base. We rented a house, and then we bought a house. Mm-hmm. But then once we came back up to San Diego, we've been in base housing ever since. Okay. So by the time Kenton had deployed to Syria in 2017, you had uh, both of you had just welcomed your, your fourth child, Sadie, and he went to Syria in 2017. And that's yes. when all of your lives was forever changed in, in that November of 2017. Um, how yes. were you notified when he was severely injured and what were your initial thoughts? Um, I actually was at um, Legoland and we were celebrating. Mason's birthday was the day before he got injured. Um, so we did Wi-Fi a lot. But he had started calling from the sat phone again, which was like an 808 number, which like is Hawaii or whatever. So I just assumed it was Kenton and it was actually um, the, um, is it the CO? Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the CO, he, um, he called me and um, I was just in disbelief and shocked. And yeah. I just had talked to Kenton the night before and. Um, just kind of couldn't believe like that I just received this phone call. Is this really happening? Mm-hmm. Like this can't be. Um, and I was actually like checking out and his mom was there with us. So she was up in the room with the kids and I'm like, how do I go up and like tell his mom and tell the kids like we were getting ready to go into the park. I'm just going back and forth. Do I even take them in? Do we go straight home? Um, so yeah, we ended up going in and I let him ride a couple rides and I'm just like, we, we need to go home and we have to figure out like what's going on. And he kept me updated. And, um, he got hurt on November 9th and they kept me updated and I ended up going to San Antonio. Um, and I got there on November 11th. So it took them two days to get him back. Um, he got in November 12th, like in the middle of the night. Yeah. Um, what were the extent of his injuries? Did they tell you everything at first or did that kind of come about were, more later or, or what, what did you know of when you first found out? Um, I feel like they were very vague in the first phone call. Um, but I mean, he said that, you know, he had spinal cord injury I knew um, that he had some injury to his eye. He assured me, like, that he didn't lose any limbs. But, yeah, it was was definitely um, pretty vague. I think everyone was um, just in shock and still kind of didn't know everything that was going on. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure, Lindsay. I I can only imagine, you know, it's information overload. and you're just trying to process all of the emotion yeah. that goes along with that, too, uh, at the same time. Um, right. And, um, well, when 
when you did get to see Kenton for the first time after he was flown back to the States, you know, what, what was going through your mind at that time? Um, well, I knew they were bringing him to a burn unit, so I was like, is he going to be all burnt? Um, I, I kind of just, I didn't know, like, what he was going to look like. I knew he was um, medically sedated. I had, like, feelings that, is he going to wake up and even know who we are? Mm-hmm. Is he mentally going to be there? Um so yeah, lots of lots of unknowns, and um, it was very disheartening. Like seeing him for the first time, and like he's medically sedated, so you can't talk to him, and you just all the unknowns just scare you, and it was really hard. Right. Well, I know Mike and I made a trip out to see you shortly thereafter. Um, yeah, and and saw you at Brook Army Medical Center and met you and your um, mother-in-law and your children. <laughs> and um, I know that after spending some time at Brook Army Medical, you, Kenton was then transferred to a rehabilitation hospital in Houston. Yeah. And how um, long? Tier Herman. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. What was the name of it again? Um, the one in Houston was Tier Herman Memorial. Yes, correct. Um, and... Um, how long were you there and, you know, what, what did the doctors, um, do to help Kenton and how did you and the kids manage your, your time through that initial stay? Right. Um, he was in San Antonio till I believe it was the very end of January. And then from January till August, he was in Houston, Mm -hmm. um, very vigorous, getting up every day, PT, um, OT, he had speech every day. Um, I feel like they were a little more optimistic um, on the civilian side than um, Brook Army Medical just because, I mean, they didn't deal with very many spinal cord injuries. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I They say, like, the longer you go without progression like it's pretty permanent um so i feel like they've kind of been spot on with things they did tell you not that that's what you wanted to hear back then but mm-hmm. um I, I would say they didn't like sugarcoat anything but and they didn't give you like false hope um they're very raw with the truth and mm-hmm. yeah well and you know hearing hearing the words that you know that he that he won't walk again, that he's paralyzed from the neck down had to be incredibly tough. So I, I can't even imagine that. Yeah. Um, and I know, and he shared this with me later, um, maybe just within the last year, that like when he woke up, he thought when he was going to have his like spine fused that he was going to get like better. And he, he never imagined it'd still be like this. Mm-hmm. So I think that's hard for him to process. And oh, I'm sure, I'm sure the yeah. emotional toll, you know, physically and mentally, and and all of those things is is quite strenuous on a day to day basis. Very much, Lindsay. Um, during during that time that you spent so many months in the hospital, living away from home, and um, under constant stress and, and, and not knowing what's going to happen. 
Um, how did your extended family, um, the Navy, others, did you know? How did they respond to you? Did they uh, did they take care of you? Were they there for you? How'd that work? Yes, um, very much so. And um, I would say, without the support of our family and the command, and um, I would say even the Army ODA, just everyone that knew Kenton. I mean. I don't know how we would have gotten through this without the support of them. I think it um, helped definitely with the kids and they'd send a guy every week. And I think it was just helpful and kind of a distraction and kind of helped us Mm -hmm. go through the day to day. Um, Yeah, it was just, it was great. Um, I would say it definitely changed once he got home which we were forewarned that but um Mm -hmm. and i would say it's different now um kind of just getting into our own routine and trying to do things more independently and trying not to rely on family and Mm -hmm. friends as much but um they're still there and i know if we needed anything they'd be there for us but yeah kind of just getting in our own Mm-hmm. You know, routine. So, um, as far as yourself, you you have that background that we talked about in the travel industry, and you love to travel. Um, yeah. So, have you been able to take any any breaks for yourself um, as a caregiver to um, to Kenton and also to Logan, and also you have young children? So, uh, just just for you to take a break, have you been able to do that and? Uh, how has that helped you mentally and otherwise? Yeah, I feel like um, that during COVID, definitely not. Um, I would say, again, I love to travel, and I feel like I've kind of gotten a lot of heat for it from, you know, having such a following and from family. But I feel like that's my time to get away and to get a break and it just like recharges me to come back. Um, Cause I mean, it's, it's hard and it's overwhelming. Mm -hmm. I feel like I've definitely been thrown into like the single parent role. Um, I don't know, like, I mean, yes, our story's out there, but I mean, nobody knows the, the day in and day out and that Kenton has to have, you know, a nurse or I do every single little thing for him. Um, I mean, the kids have a hard time just like even understanding him because he doesn't have a voice. So it's definitely put me into that single mother role. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So you're very much you know, the person who um, orchestrates a lot of their care and understanding of what's going on. And, and then, of course, you also have to take care of yourself as well. So I'm glad right. that you're able to get out there and, and, and take some time for yourself. Yeah. And and your kids. So this is uh you know we're in 2021, so we're right. we're entering into year four since Kenton was injured. Uh, your children are still young, but they're getting older. How have they adjusted to Kenton's condition and what's going on? Are they are they doing better? Is it getting any easier I, for them? I would say it's getting. I mean, it's getting better. Um, they still are hopeful that Daddy will get better, but. Um, I think they're just like, this is what our life is. And 
some days are harder than others, but I mean, I feel like they've accepted it and we've had them in counseling. Um, but yeah, I mean, they definitely, I mean, they miss out on a lot of stuff that like kids get to do with their dads because they don't have that anymore. Right. And you, you talked about counseling. Is there other things that, that uh, um, you encourage the kids to do or, or you make sure the kids take part in that sort of kind of helps them as well? Yeah, um, I would say, I mean, we have them in counseling, but um, just, again, trying to make it that, you know, they can go outside with daddy and, I mean, he can watch them ride bikes, but just we try to keep everything like as involved as possible and, um, you know, try to make it that they ask him still like that they don't directly just come to me, which I feel like for a while, um, they kind of would. I definitely feel like Mason's had the hardest time with it, but, um, I would say, yeah, they were like in, it was like a military, like a, I think it was called focus. They were in that for a while. And then, um, we feel like with COVID just everything's, um, like they were doing counseling at school, but I think having them back in school, uh, we had to put them in a private school just because, again, having them all on Zoom and delegating all three kids, it was really hard. Yeah, yeah. I, so I, I think imagine. them being mm-hmm. in private school is is really helped. It's and, helped, yeah. Um, and uh, even with COVID, I, I would assume it just makes it harder for them to have activities as well. Yeah. And it's been um, hard. I mean, Kenton wants to, you know, live his life. But being in California, a lot of things are closed. So, um, yeah, we're trying to make the best of it. Um, Well, Lindsay, I know there are many organizations that have stepped up to support um, Kenton and you and your family. And what what has that meant to you? To you over the past years? Uh, we just, I mean, are so thankful and feel very blessed and um, just wish there was a way, hopefully in the future, that, you know, we can do something like that to help other families because without the support of you guys and other foundations, I, I honestly don't know where we would be. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I, I, We'll say that it's it's been an honor for us to be able to to do anything that we can to help you and the family in Kenton. So um, I would probably say that all of the other organizations feel the same. So yeah, we can't thank you guys enough for all you've done for us, and so we like to do the race with you guys and help give back to other EOD families. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. and. Are we looking for um, the Stacy 5K to happen in 2021? I'm hoping, yes. We hope so, I'm too. I'm hoping it can be in person. <laughs> yeah, we hope so, too. That would be nice. We really do. Yeah. So We're all tired of this. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think all of us are, are wearing a little bit thin on, um, you know, having to do everything virtually and, yeah. and not have the face-to-face contact. So, understand. Um, well, we understand that Kenton has had ongoing setbacks and and you know additional rehabilitation and and different things yeah. that have happened. But 
Are there any new um, technologies or medical advancements that are are coming out that could potentially provide a life-changing um, therapy or treatment for Kenton? Yeah, we've tried. Um, we did like the stem cells um, with Mason. Mason, just since Kenton couldn't go in the hyperbaric chamber, mm-hmm. uh, they said it could be a descent. So we decided to do Mason um, and I took him. I think it was 10 sessions, and then we took Kenton to Colorado, and they took um, Mason stem cells and put them in Kenton. Um, but they said it could be months, but we haven't we haven't really seen any improvement. Um, I think that Elon Musk is doing something. Um, I forget what it's called. He's doing something, like, that could be implanted in the brain. Mm. Um, that is supposed to give like mobility back to people with spinal cord injuries, but mm-hmm. it's who you know, and, <laughs> and I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I feel like there's things out there, but mm-hmm. oh, we're so hopeful that you know that something will happen someday. But sure. I know this is hard for him; it's just mentally taking a toll on him. Right. Well, how how is he coping with that? Is he too um, having someone to talk to and everything, or you know, communicate with that maybe isn't you know? Yeah, I mean, is um, a third person and not not family, right? You know? Right. Um, and I would say Kenton's a very closed off person, so I feel like it's hard. Um, they have a therapist come from the command, but. I feel like he doesn't really open up to him much. He probably opens up to me the most, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish he would open up to someone, but right, right. It's just the type of guy he is. <laughs> yeah, and you can't change that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't change that. But as far as the stem cell treatment goes, they said you know it would take months or whatever. Um, but what are you? What are you actually looking for, Lindsay? As far as any sort of sign that maybe. Something has improved. Is it just simple um, um, sensation or movement, or you know? Um, they said it could be that. They said um, it could be more just like regulating the temperature, like small things, mm, gotcha. um, like maybe helping improve with his breathing. Um, but yeah, okay. we had that done in October, and we really haven't seen anything yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, well, and he still has a nurse that comes every day, correct? Yes, twenty-four hours a day, twenty-four-seven. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Which, again, without them, I don't know where we would be either. Um, right. But mm-hmm. that's definitely been hard too. Is just getting used to someone being in your house twenty-four hours a day. Sure. Yeah. Um, so once we get the house, they'll kind of have their own separate area in the master bedroom, like a PT area, which I mean, it's just a huge blessing and we're just ready um, to just, you know, get in the house. And I feel like we'll all just be happier and can get out of base housing and it'll just be better. Yeah, it will be. Uh, Lindsay Kenton retired. He was medically retired last year from the Navy and yes. as you just said, you're all still living in uh, San Diego Navy Base Housing, which I understand it's a it's a very small home for your family and and for yes. all that you have to do. Um, and 
the Gary Sinise Foundation, which uh, is a wonderful organization that builds specially adaptive smart homes for uh, combat wounded uh, soldiers, uh, sailors, airmen, and Marines, that uh, they are going to and are building right now a, an adaptive smart home for you and your family in Poway, California. Uh, yes. When, when is this home going to be finished and uh, what's it going to look like? And can you tell us a little bit about your new home? I know you're excited. We're excited for very, you. Um, very excited. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is this is great. So uh, tell us about your house. Tell us, uh, tell us about some of the adaptive features that you think are going to be really yeah. helpful to Kenton and, and your family. And yeah, uh, um, yeah, just tell us about it. Yeah, it, it hopefully will be done um, sometime this summer. Tomorrow we actually um, are going out. It'll probably be the last time that we're allowed in because um, they want everything to be a surprise. <laughs> um, it's just going to be accommodating to Kenton and Logan, um, but it'll be nice. Kenton's going to have like the Hoyer lift on the ceiling like that they had um, at the hospitals, um, which is just going to be nice. And he actually said that this will probably be the first time. I mean, he's had bed baths. He hasn't had a shower in over three years. So um, he might actually be able to take a shower. Mm-hmm. Um, just everywhere around the house, it's just all accessible. And um, the uh, hallways are going to be wide for his wheelchair. And I just, I know we're all excited and um, I think he's excited and, you know, we can go outside and the kids can run in the yard. We don't have that right now. And it's just, it's a huge blessing and we're just more than excited to get into the house. We are too. We are so happy for for your family and, and can't wait to see you guys get into that new home. It's It's awesome. Yeah, it'll be great, Um, Lindsay, because, I mean, with the different functionality that will be available to Kenton just um, from his wheelchair to remotely activate something or, or having the Hoyer lift, I mean, so many things that... I think just the average person takes for granted every single day, right. you know, yeah. and um, I'm hoping that will also give him a, a different level of interaction with the kids as well, you know, and yeah. Um, yes, which, definitely. Yeah, which which will be great. That's awesome. Well, yeah. we're, we're looking forward to you guys getting in there as well and are hoping for, you know, a, a new page in the in the in the storybook. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, we can't wait. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, well, Lindsay, you and your entire family and Kenton have, have really gone through so much with a lifetime of ups and downs and challenges. Um, where do you draw your strength from? And is there anything that you've learned on this journey? Um, I would definitely say my strength comes from the Lord above. Um, mm-hmm. Without him, I mean... I don't know how anybody would go through this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would just say, I think going through everything that I have, even prior to him getting hurt, um, I think it's just, you know, made me face and be strong for him and for the kids. And this is our family. And 
we just take every day one day at a time and but yeah Mm -hmm. um, yeah well do you do you have any advice for caregivers who are listening um who are maybe are in challenging situations as well um i would just say yeah take one day at a time i mean some days are going to be better than others but um just find your inner strength and know that you know there's light at the end of the tunnel and that eventually you know things will get better and I would definitely say like find your tribe and find the support and don't be afraid to ask for help and I know that also is you know given me strength and has helped me is just having like a close tribe and having that support and mm-hmm. being able to lean on people. Yeah. Yeah. It's very important. Lindsay, you, you, you just shared with us uh, something that I really resonate with uh, about taking things one day at a time, uh, having hope and, and faith, which um, is a lot of, a lot of your strength and, and uh, you know, Sherry and I, we, we have always marveled at how strong you are and we, we cannot even imagine what you go through. We know it's hard, but uh, you know you, you're an inspiring person to us, and we just we just want to say that we're we're both admirers of yours. Um, well, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And is it possible for you? And I know you said one day at a time, but uh, is there like a, a just a picture in your mind of what things could possibly look like, say three to five years from now? Do you ever think about that? And if you do, what what would that look like? Um, yeah, sometimes I think of that. Sometimes it's not really, I would say, the happiest thoughts, um, Mm -hmm. with Kenton being on a ventilator, but, um, I kind of, you know, think of him getting better, and if he doesn't, like, what life will be like in five years, but kind of just, you know, the hope of our children and just watching them grow. I think that just also keeps us going. And I think that's what, you know, I look for in the future is just being able to watch them grow and see what they're going to grow up and become and how going through everything we have, how that's going to shape them. And, but yeah. Well, I uh, look forward to seeing how things evolve in in the future for for Kenton and for your family, and yeah. uh, definitely will keep him in my thoughts and prayers. All of you, um, especially for some of the future technologies, which yeah. I've read a lot about, and I know you have too. And uh, some things look so hopeful, and uh, and and I think uh, actually are accelerating as far as when they talk about something that's possible, and then when they actually bring it. Uh, to market yeah. seems to be getting faster and faster. So, um, yeah. yeah, I have I have definitely hope for this too. That that's something something here is gonna gonna shake yeah. out. That will be a big game changer for Kenton. Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe um, Elon Musk is um, contact info. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what we can do. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so before we go, we uh, like to have a little segment. We want to have a little fun and 
kind of lighten it up a bit and uh, ask you about what are your favorites. So uh, one of the things I want to ask you is, what is your favorite season of the year and why? Um, my favorite season is fall, which I don't get experience out here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's just probably, I love the changing of the leaves and just, I've had a lot of good childhood memories with like my grandparents and all my cousins. And we always just did a lot of fun stuff in the fall and hay rides and mm-hmm. like Halloween parties. So I would, yeah, I would definitely say fall and is my favorite. Nice. Does it, does it uh, cool off just a little bit in San Diego in the fall or no? Sherry it does. <laughs> it's just, you don't, yeah, you don't get that. That okay. feeling of fall, like like football weather and the changing of the leaves. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. very consistent, you know? Yes. That's what it feels like to me. But, you know, it's a reliable place to travel, that's for sure. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I know that you are so busy. You have a lot on your plate. Probably from the time you wake up till the time your your head hits the pillow at night. Um, yeah. You've talked about traveling being something yes. that is very important to you. Is there any relaxation method that uh, that you like to do that you can fit into your busy schedule that, that helps you relax? What is your favorite way to do that? Um, I definitely um, I love to go get my nails done. That's a treat. And, um, you know, getting a massage or going and walking on the beach and just clearing my mind. Um, yeah, I would say nice. that's, that's my me time. Mm-hmm. So having your yeah. me time is important. So yes. speaking of me time, are they building you a she shed out in the back there? Uh, I wish. No. no, that's in no. the future. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, okay. um, once we get the house, we can put in like a pool though. Um, yeah. Just, it'd be easier. It's uh, usually pretty hard to, with Logan, and mm-hmm. then Kenton can come out back. So, hoping that that can be something that we can get done in the future. Yeah. So, for all the places that you have already gone to, what was your favorite place to visit and why? Um, I would say Thailand was my favorite. And I would say... Um, I loved the clear blue water and I loved, um, just like all the interactions with the animals that you got in Thailand. So it was kind of like the best of both worlds. Nice. And when did you go to Thailand? I went in February, 2019 and I went with my sister-in-law. So you'd recommend that as a place to go visit? Definitely. Nice. How was the food? My, my dream is to just go all over the world. Oh, okay, gotcha. How was the food there, Lindsay? It was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, last question. When you were growing up in that small town in Ohio, what was your favorite job? My favorite job? Mm-hmm. Mm, well, I worked at Vince, which is like... Um, they make chicken and that was in high school. I worked there for a few years. Um, and I worked with actually quite a few of my friends. So I would say that was my favorite job. It didn't feel like a job because your friends were there and 
you guys were having fun and it made the work day go quick. Oh yeah. yeah I <laughs> but I would that. say that's in, that's in high school. If right. you want to know after high school, um, I loved being at Disney and then I loved being um, at AAA, I worked at AAA in Indiana because we live like a half an hour um, from Richmond, Indiana, where I worked. Mm-hmm. And then I got to transfer to the one in Fort Walton Beach when he was at EOD school. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say my career kind of took a halt once we had kids and um, as much as they're gone, I still had jobs, um, more helping like with other special needs kids, but, um, we kind of got away from my career field. Mm-hmm. Now what, what um, did you do at AAA? Um, I worked up like in the auto travel mm-hmm. area. So, um, doing like all the attraction tickets and, um, kind of like the auto travel and the triptychs, um, mm-hmm. So, again, I didn't get to do the travel agent thing that I wanted to do, but um, it was kind of, yeah, I was young, and they wanted you to have a little bit more experience to do that, but, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So Sounds now to me I'm like just, you're getting some experience. <laughs> yes, yeah, <laughs> definitely, but, uh, yeah. So now it's like, uh, I don't know if I would want to go into the industry. I just enjoy actually just traveling, so. Yeah. Lindsay, I remember those triptychs from AAA. Yeah. <laughs> I loved looking at them. I know. They were awesome. And I think about I how we traveled from one state to another or, you yeah. know, across the country and with, with no GPS, no nothing. You right. Know? And um, they were pretty pretty good. Yeah. Now we just use our phones. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I don't even think they have um, the AAA there in Fort Walton anymore. Really, I I would not know. I, no. I don't know. You said triple trip trip X. Trip, I think it was on a. like was it Mary Esther Boulevard okay. or it was like right across from that mall. I don't think it's there anymore. I think they still have the one in Pensacola, but um, probably mm-hmm. yeah. Working at that one, I got to go on a couple of like fam trips. Um, I got to go to like Georgia, and I got to go to Universal Orlando. Um, and they like would take people from um, from AAA, and you would be with other you know employees from different branches, and you'd meet there, and they like showed you the ins and outs, and so I would say yeah, that was probably my favorite. Cool was working at the one in Fort Walton Beach. Nice. Yeah, well, you know it would be interesting to to really understand how the travel industry works now in that same I know. you know um it's it's really really interesting how technology you know, it makes me evolved. so sad that it's hard to go anywhere international right now yeah <laughs> yeah well we're i understand that too we um, yeah we're all ready i think to uh move forward but you know, not yeah. trying to do anything too fast where we take two right. steps, you know, forward and four back. So right. just trying to play play in the middle, you know, a lot. <laughs> I heard the, uh, the Italians can't wait to have us back in Venice. They miss us, but they might regret that once yeah. this COVID lifts. <laughs> won't yeah. be able to get a hotel room or anything there. <laughs> I, I would accept the challenge though, Lindsay. I would. <laughs> so it would be good. Um, yeah. 
Oh, right. Well, Lindsay, we um, appreciate your time so much. Well, and I you. know carving out the time to chat with us, you know, I I just know that it is, you know, something that you have to do and takes time away from, from Kenton and the family. But we so appreciate your time and all that you do. Yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously our best to to you and to Kenton mm-hmm. and to your children. And we we just are looking forward to you guys getting into your new home and, you know, what 2021 will bring to yes. you. So just know that you, well, thank you continue to be in our thoughts and prayers always. Well, thank you. Thanks, Lindsay. Yeah. You have a great day. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Thanks, All right. Lindsay. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to our Behind the Warrior podcast. This series is provided to you by the EOD Warrior Foundation. To learn more, please visit us on Facebook or at eodwarriorfoundation.org. And don't forget to tell a friend.